Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pragmatic Podcast with Pipo. On this episode, it'll be part two of uh, autism, right? So we're going to speak about autism spectrum disorder, and the emphasis is going to be on the word spectrum. We talk a lot about acceptance um, when your loved one, even yourself, if you've been diagnosed with autism. Acceptance is key. Without that, you can't prepare for the life ahead. You can't prepare your mind. You can't prepare financially. And you can't help your loved one that may have uh, been diagnosed with autism. So acceptance is not just uh, accepting the diagnosis, but also it's a realistic, unemotional, pragmatic, if you will, uh, very fitting for this show, approach to dealing with autism. It's uh, realizing that it's a neurological disorder and not something that you can easily fix or go get medication and it's done or put a Band-Aid on it or go have surgery and fix it. It's a lifelong condition. And it's also beneficial and critical realizing the level in which within that spectrum you're in or your loved one. So unfortunately, a lot of folks that have been impacted by autism have that kitchen sink approach where you put everything in and just kind of deal with it as you go. And um, that could be draining. It could be counterproductive. Uh, Why do I say that, right? Let's just say you've had a long day at work. You come home and you have even more things to do. So would you continue to add things to do? Although you're coming to the end of the day, you already have a lot on your plate. You wouldn't, right? So why do we approach autism in that manner? So you'll hear a lot, you know, and a lot of it is out of care, out of desperation, wanting to help your loved one, be it they're an adult or a child with autism. So you hear about all these success stories, right? Someone did speech therapy or physical therapy, and look at them now. They're going to college. Well, jot this down. Their success is not your failure. Again, their success is not your failure. Autism is very, very broad. You could have someone that's very high-functioning, Uh, possibly even a CEO of a company, a Fortune 500 company, while yet you have another one that's barely able to walk or eat. You may have one with some um, speech impairment where they go to therapy, speech therapy, and um, it helps them. While you may have another that can barely utter a single word. 
So again, that spectrum is very, very broad. And when you talk about this, right, a lot of the things I'm talking about today um, are probably not going to be accepted by a lot of professionals in this, uh, in this world, right, uh, that deal with autism. And again, I want you to do your research. Do your research. Get all the therapy you need. But focus on the need, realistically, unemotionally. People sell you stuff when they know you're in desperate need. So always sit back. You know your loved one better than anyone. Be logical. If you were to talk to families that have been impacted by autism, one of the things that I'm pretty sure you're going to nod your head, one of the things that you'll hear is, well, you have to try everything. It's as though anything less than everything is a failure, that you failed your loved one. No, you do not have to try everything. And no, you're not failing your loved one. And I'll explain why. For a neurotypical child, right, or as society calls it, a normal child, there have been many research uh, uh, published that speak about, you know, putting too much pressure on someone. Think about it. They go to school. They may have football practice after, band practice in the morning, and some even have part-time jobs. And because you want your child to get that scholarship, right, you're pushing and pushing and pushing. Weekends, they're out there training for football. You hire a private personal trainer to work with them. That puts a lot of stress on a child. Here's one that I found. Uh, this is from a Stanford researcher. Uh, they found that students in high-achieving communities who spend too much time on homework experience more stress, physical health problems, a lack of balance, and even alienation from society. So think about that. This is for a high-achieving community, talking about a neurotypical child. So imagine you have a child with a disability, all right? And I know we want to talk about the diverse ability, right? And, but we need to acknowledge the disability as well, right? And how much can you put on that? child and that child or adult with said disability are they taking in too much is it too much for them we need to start thinking along those lines be judicious in your approach i'll repeat be judicious in your approach for example if you heart if you have a heart problem you don't go and get chemo. 
As a matter of fact, when doctors try to treat you or even perform tests, let's say you tell them, hey, I want every test in the world. They're not going to prescribe that. They're going to be very methodical in their approach. Too much of something, even if it's the right thing, when you mix it or add it with something else, could have adverse reactions. So, do the legwork. Do your research. I'm a firm believer in research. And then question that research. Do research on the research. But above all, know your loved one's condition and their ability. What can they do, right? And that's going to help you because everyone has an ability. It may not be what you expect or what the norm is, but everyone has an ability. An ability to open your eyes, talk, walk. And that'll help you build. That'll identify what you can build on. You assess your loved one and build up on that. So don't use your loved one's disability as the starting point. Identify their ability as well. Because by doing so, or by not doing so, you're exposing that human being to unnecessary prodding. So if you think about it, look at the irony. People in the autism community, a lot of people worry that vaccines, vaccines that have been around for ages, are linked to autism. And this is a very highly debated emotional topic. You've got celebrities with huge platforms pushing this narrative. However, medical professionals have debunked this. Yet, someone could tell you, hey, take your child that has autism and take them to this doctor, whatever, and they'll cleanse their blood of these chemicals and your child will be cured. And people will jump on it. People will sell what, you know, the shirt off their backs. And you should, I mean, for your loved one. You should do everything within reason. Question everything. Everything. It doesn't mean you don't want to do it. But just like you look at labels before you feed your newborn, research. That's what reading that label is. Use your resources for good. A lot of families, a lot of families struggle financially. 
especially when you're thinking you're having a child and starting a life, and then you're hit with this spectrum. So use your money wisely. Even if it's for treatments, focus on those treatments that are more likely to help your loved one. Just because you spend a lot of money doesn't mean you care more. Yes, I understand it takes time to research. I understand it's scary. You could be sad, emotional. Check that. Check that at the door. Be pragmatic. Think about it. If you have an eight ounce cup and because you love your child so much, you're going to continue to fill it with water. You're just letting the water run. What happens after that eight ounce is met? It spills over. So if you think you need more than eight ounces, get the necessary size. But also... Remember, there's a thing called water intoxication, right? So all the water is good for you. You drink too much of it in a short period of time. It could be har harmful. So know what you need and have backup plans. Which leads me to emotional well-being. Don't let others, whether intentional or intentional, don't let their opinions guide you. Because their opinions and or suggestions may drain you. You may have a person over for coffee and they may just be speaking in gener general terms, right? And they may be coming from a genuine place uh, needing to help but they could also be doing damage to you. You need to be well, so that way you can assist. Just like if you're on a plane, right? And they're, you know, telling you to pay attention and, you know, when the masks drop, you know, if there's a loss of cabin pressure, put your mask on first before you put it on the child. It's not because they want you to take care of yourself, but if you pass out, you cannot take care of that child is the point. So, get your mind prepared, and that'll help with the physical preparation. Then, financially, pay attention to this last part. Financially, not just while you're alive, but after you're gone. Just imagine how much it'll cost to care. As I wrap up this episode, I want to cap it off with the financial matters. So just as though you would plan for college, uh, marriage, buying a new home. Plan for this. 
try to forecast how long your loved one will live after you're gone. Adjust for cost of living and not only save up, but have a backup plan such as life insurance. Have all the legal paperwork completed. Individuals designated. Not only will this benefit your loved one, but it'll give you a peace of mind. And with that, I wish you luck on this journey and be sure to follow and share this episode, this podcast, and we'll talk soon. Have a great day.